All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. We have an amazing guest on today's episode. We have Brian Bradley. We're going to talk about asset protection. We're going to talk about how to protect your money, how to structure that asset and make sure that your hard-earned capital is protected here on the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. So sit tight and get ready for another episode. All right, listeners, thanks for joining us here in the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fregnito, a co-owner of People's Capital Group. We focus on buying apartment buildings in New Jersey with passive investors. You can learn more at peoplescapitalgroup.com. But let's introduce our amazing guest here today, Brian Bradley. Brian, say hello here. Introduce yourself to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Aaron, for having me on and putting this podcast together. And it's you know it's a big topic, but it's necessary, you know, especially for people trying to get you know passive cash flow investments and properties. You know, and I hope the stuff we talk about today, you know, helps them out. And like you said, like an, I'm an asset protection attorney, and uh, you know, I'm what is it ranked a super lawyer rising star list, a lawyer distinction list three years in a row. Uh, nominated to the top, you know, 100 high stake litigators list and top 500 uh, law firm award. Uh, I also help consult other law firms on maximizing their value and technology integration beyond my asset protection practice. And I write for the Oregon State Bar on higher levels of asset protection. And our practice, you know, my practice uh, focuses on higher net worth clients who, you know, just about turning that million dollar mark who are probably accredited investors um, and looking to protect their wealth and, and protect their assets and level the playing field. Yeah, that's incredible. No, I, that's why I want to have you on here, Brian, because you're obviously very established, very experienced with, so, you know, part of this um, asset class that is so in, in, important is protection, right? A lot of people worry about returns and worry about, you know, who, who gets paid this or what that, but really at the end of the day, um, the most important thing is how the asset is structured, how your hard-earned capital is protected, because as we know, rule number one is don't lose money. So a lot of that starts with having the right asset protection. So um, what exactly is asset protection? Yeah, so let's just like, that's a great thing because it's a big misconception. I think people aren't even used to the term because it's not even a term that we really used until you know modern times. Um, and so asset protection is not traditional estate planning. It's modern estate planning and you know, what we're doing is placing a legal barrier between your assets and your potential creditors. That's it. You know, it's just like a, a barrier, like a safe that you hold your gold or your guns in. You know, anything of value, you know, like your real estate investments, um, you want to put behind the barrier so that it's not easy to attach a lien to or be reached or attacked with lawsuits. And now for people who grew up, you know, with a more old school mindset, you know, where lawsuits really were never an issue, you know, back about 40 years ago, you could essentially have everything, you know, in your own personal name or in a family trust that was acceptable back then. And you could get away with it about 30 years ago. But over the last 40 years, the litigation landscape has just completely changed. It's now become an actual billion dollar business or industry with a B. Um, you know, things that didn't happen in the past and that weren't allowed to happen in the past, like contingency fee lawyers or law firm advertising are commonplace. And now law firms are simply just profit driven businesses. And so asset protection when done right is your modern best bet and attempt to actually level the playing field by using all the different legal tools that we have on um, like my business entities and asset protection trust. 
And what this does is make it very hard for creditors to collect on you. And at the end of the day, you know, you can't stop somebody from suing you. That's not how our legal system is set up. Mm -hmm. But what you can do something about is actually control how collectible you are and what jurisdiction you set these up in. Sure, absolutely. And I'm, I'm always amazed uh, by how many real estate investors, because a lot of active real estate investors contact us to get into the passive side of the business and work less and, and make more. And a lot of times they actually own their properties in their names. And these are people with millions of dollars of assets. And it's incredible um, the amount of risk you're taking on and how easy it is to go online and start an LLC. You know, obviously, if you want an in-depth operating agreement, there's more to it. But just starting a basic LLC really is easy. There's a lot more detail to it. And there's obviously trusts and more in-depth assets. But these days, it's pretty easy to you know, get a basic LLC started and, and start some level of asset protection, which is great. You know, and of course, we own all of our properties in, in, in different LLCs as well. And, uh, but what, what have you really seen that's changed over the last 30 years with uh, the legal system? With yeah, so a great concept as, as it relates to, you know, like even just LLCs is the principle of legal versus practical authority. And it's a really big point that needs to be understood with LLCs. And it's that the difference between this, how, you know, how court systems actually work. And the reality is that a judge can and does do whatever a judge wants. So let's say you have an LLC or an LP, you know, in some specific state, like, you know, Nevada or Delaware or Wyoming, wherever it's going to be established at. Um, generally, you know, they're going to be governed by the state statutes that they're created in. And so what this means is that, you know, if you own an asset and you put it into like a Nevada LLC and an exclusive remedy for that's going to be the charging order. So you hope that, you know, the judgment doesn't exceed, you know, what's inside that LLC. That's all great in practicality and in theory, you know, but that's not how things actually work in the real world. One, if you are a California resident, let's say, and you have a Wyoming or Delaware LLC and your assets in a, not in Delaware or Wyoming, where are you going to be sued from? Wherever that asset's at. It's not in Delaware or Wyoming. Delaware is not going to take their personal injury and tort and damage laws and bring them into another state. That right. you're going to be using the state where the property is that you're getting sued out of and the damage happened. And that's a big misconception about that. And, you know, like I was saying, what practical authority is, is the power a judge actually has to make decisions. And a judge has very broad powers to reaching your assets, including seizing them, placing liens on them, foreclosing them, ordering sheriff sales, clearing title, you know, even wage garnishment. But the problem is, you know, judges, even without legal authority to do this, they have a superpower called the court of equity. Um, they do these things by exercising this practical authority or the superpower. And this can be done in direct contradiction to the established case law and statutes. And so the result is that that court, that judge's practical authority just took your assets with no legal authority. And this is what we're combating now. That's our modern legal system. And so the solution is to hinder a judge's practical authority over your assets so that they can't circumvent the legal process and to also put you in a stronger position of negotiating to bring the other party to the table when you put you in a position of strength. And we do this with LLCs and really like, we do this strictly, you, the power comes from asset protection trust. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that's incredible. You know, I've talked to a lot of people that might spend 20 or $30,000 on an education package in real estate. And they uh, come out of those classes and those courses and the saying that you should start an LLC in Nevada or Delaware for the different benefits. You can't pierce it. And I've talked to high powered uh, 
experienced attorneys such as yourself in this side of the business. And they say, no, if you're doing all your transactions in New Jersey, as we do here at People's Capital Group, starting in Delaware, Nevada, LLC, those laws aren't going to apply. New Jersey laws will apply. So you might as well start the New Jersey LLC. That you hit the nail on the head. You know, and our rule of thumb is wherever the asset's going to be held, that's where you create your base layer LLC, because that's what's going to hold it. That's the state that the asset's in. That's where the lawsuit's coming. Mm -hmm. There's no point of going out because you're not going to get the benefits of another state's um, personal injury and tort damage laws. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay, good. So I got the right legal advice for a, a high cost, but it was worth every dollar. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, right absolutely. <laughs> Always worth every dollar. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. So, um, Talk a little bit about maybe the roadmap to asset protection, you know, just as far as a general guideline. If, if uh, you're in this situation, you might be looking for this type of asset. I personally always, you know, I, I'm a young man building my real estate portfolio. I'm curious about trusts and when I might want to start looking at putting some assets in, in trusts. I know we're kind of bunching a few questions together here, but, um, you know, I'm a little bit curious about kind of that, that roadmap there. Yeah. So say a good roadmap, roadmap is you're just starting out. So you don't have an asset or you have one or two units. Start with an LLC, you know, like don't go pay for the Taj Mahal. You're not ready for the Taj Mahal yet. You know, like unless you're a doctor who has a really high salary and you're going to accelerate to a million dollar net worth really fast, start off basic. You know, you're going to have insurance, you know, have as much insurance as you can understand that insurance has limits to it. And I wouldn't solely rely on insurance to cover you for big claims. That's not what they're there for. Um, they're going to find legal wiggle room through fraud and intentional act arguments to turn their back on you and run. So you need something else. So entry level, start with a good LLC. Um, as you start growing, you're going to start separating your assets out into more LLCs because if one asset explodes and goes boom, you can't stop an asset from exploding, but you can stop it trickling into other ones. Yeah. You hit a mid tier, you know, you got about 500,000 net worth. You're doing really good investing. Um, you haven't turned the you know, corner yet of being a high net worth individual, but you have enough to lose now. So that's where you incorporate a asset management limited partnership. You want to be able to take all those LLCs that own your assets and your real estate and put them into one easy manageable company. And what that does is it separates ownership out from your management of the company mm -hmm. and it allows flexibility for us to eventually add an asset protection trust to it. The asset protection trust will own that management company. Your LLCs will own all your assets. You'll be managing the asset management limited partnership. And then you'll just be doing one tax planning. All those K1s flow straight through the limited partnership. So it simplifies it. So your CPA doesn't hate you. Mm -hmm. And then it makes it easy for you to manage with a single bank account attached to that management company. Mm -hmm. And then as you turn that million dollar net worth mark, you come in with the big guns, the asset protection trust, which then owns that management company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Yeah. That's similar to how our structure is. Every property we buy, we start a new LLC and we may have different passive partners in that LLC. Um, Seth, my business partner and I own our shares of the LLC uh, in People's Capital Group LLC, where um, our monies flow from our other flips and, and apartment buildings that uh, create passive cash flow. So, um, and then of course, we've been guided, you know, one day to move up to a, a trust level as well. So, um, no, that's great. That's great. So, so far, all of your legal advice has matched the legal advice I've gotten here in New Jersey. So, excellent, excellent setup. 
Um, all right. So final question, asset protection trusts. Yeah. So, you know, you talked a little bit about that. What, what exactly is that and, and who might need that? Yeah. So asset protection trust is a trust. Like there's not all trusts are created equal. So this is not a revocable living trust. It's going to be completely different. A revocable living trust has no protection. It's just you die, hopefully many decades from now. And it just says, who are my assets going to, you know, avoiding probate and helping you with death taxes. They're not going to protect your assets. An asset protection trust is a specific trust that you stick your assets in that actually have teeth to prevent, to protect you from creditors while you're living and going to be sued. The big distinction of them is they can be domestic or foreign. We're really seeing a weakening of purely domestic asset protection trusts. And even if you go to Nevada and you have a Nevada asset protection firm um, create a Nevada asset protection trust for you, they're even saying, if you really want to have strong protection, you need to have an offshore component to it also now. Um, and it's specifically because we're having a lot of cases come in that are piercing domestic asset protection trusts and weakening them, even if you live in that state. So an asset protection trust is what's called, I'm going to give you some like really geeky language, mm -hmm. a self-settled spendthrift trust and they're a grantor trust. And what that means is it's created by you, for you, as your own beneficiary, and you retain some power and control over it. And they're irrevocable. Wow. Now, it can be created domestically in only 17 states. And that's part of the limitation of purely domestic ones is if you're not, for example, a Nevada resident using a Nevada Asset Protection Trust, let's say you're in California, mm -hmm. you're having case law come out that's saying, we're not giving you any benefits of that because you're not a resident of Nevada. And there's only 17 states that have these. And so if you're not in one of these 17 states and you're going to go spend money on that, you wasted a bunch of money and have a false sense of security. Mm. And then even in residence, those courts now, for example, Alaska, Alaska resident, there's a case having an Alaska Asset Protection Trust and they pierced it. And so because of our constitution, the full faith and credit clause, we're having a weakening of domestic asset protection trust. The really strong ones, foreign asset protection trusts in the Cook Islands have what's called statutory non-recognition. It's mm -hmm. even if you have a $5 million judgment against you, go pound sand. We're not recognizing it here. You have to be sued here in the Cook Islands with a one-year statute of limitations. Prove your case beyond a reasonable doubt the murder standard. The right. plaintiff suing you has to front all the court costs. Um, if they lose, they pay. And if you're proving a case beyond a reasonable doubt, most likely they're going to lose. Wow. And they got to get into that court system within a year. So by the time they even realize they have to sue you there, it's already too late. Mm -hmm. um, and with the power of statutory non-recognition, uh, it's going to be virtually impossible to win a lawsuit there or collect a judgment on it. Mm -hmm. um, but they're really expensive. So what you can do is called a bridge trust, marry the two together, have a domestic plan, classified as foreign, and then you're going to be paying less in upfront costs. You're going to be having lower maintenance fees. Mm -hmm. But the benefit of these bridge trusts is you have the power and strength of the Cook Islands in your back pocket if and when you ever need it. Mm -hmm. Or if you're sued, what you do is you drop the IRS domestic compliance and mm -hmm. automatically the trust is now purely classified as a foreign Cook Island trust. Wow. <laughs> oh, that, that migration is, clause. Yeah. yeah, that that is cool. I think I've seen that in the movies and stuff. You know, that's where they go to protect their assets. You know, high net worth individuals and and whatnot. And um, that's interesting. Now, I, I'm worth about my my net worth is about two million dollars at this point. Would I be at that point where I want to start looking at a bridge trust? Or Absolutely. Uh, great question. And you'll be surprised. Generally, our biggest um, client profile is the net worth between five hundred thousand and one point two million. And that's because most people, it takes a really long time to make that amount of net worth. But one lawsuit can completely wipe that level out. 
Mm. And it's, the likelihood of rebuilding that is going to be really hard over time. So those are the ones that are looking to want this level of protection. And that level of protection with a bridge trust and a management company, general cost is around $29,000. So it's an upfront cost. That's, you know, like when you look at different firms across the board, that's, you know, about the average pricing of it with $2,100 annual maintenance fee. But if you're protecting over a million, you know, a million or more in assets, mm -hmm. You know, like when you when you bet weigh the, weigh the cost and benefit analysis of it, like mo that's where most of our client profile falls into. Yeah, absolutely, very interesting. All right, well, maybe we'll have to talk offline about that a little more. But uh, very interesting stuff. I love what you had to say today. And um, how can people uh, contact you if they're interested in learning more? Yeah, they can jump on my website www.btblegal.com, and we have tons of educational videos on there and pamphlets and brochures because it's just for me, it's all about educating people for you to make a decision and they can email me brian b-r-i-a-n at btblegal.com and i don't mind i do free consultations i used to charge but i don't because i just want people to get good you know education and advice even if you want to shop around you know don't be afraid to talk to lawyers but the problem is most lawyers won't do free consultations. so mm -hmm. you know i want you to just have a good good platform and and foundation of education before you make a decision I appreciate that. That's really good. And, you know, it's so important. It's such an important part of everyone's business. And I'm so amazed at how people can be great at building wealth and making money, but the complicated legal side of it, the more pr the protection of the assets is not always there. You know, It's human nature. It's like, I'm going to go create my will. Mm -hmm. And then how many people is like, I'm 65 and I still never got it done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing with building wealth. You just want to keep building, building, building. I'll get to the protection. I don't need it yet. I'm not being sued. But when you are being sued, it's too late. You got to do it beforehand, oh, you know, yeah. but it's just human nature. You don't ever want to think about the downside. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. I'm glad we had you learned a wealth of information today. And thank you everyone for listening to the Passive Cashflow podcast. Please hit that subscribe button for a new episode every Friday. And also check us out at peoplescapitalgroup.com if you want to learn more about investing passively in real estate. Enjoy your day.